Hey guys, before we jump into today's show, we just wanted to give you an opportunity to advertise your business on our podcast. If you're looking to expand your business to a wider range of people, send us an email at highlyundisputed247 at gmail.com to discuss the details. Welcome back to the Highland Speed Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Theory, here with my co-host, Garrett Davis. And today we are discussing the NBA Finals thus far, UFC 264, and the Euro Finals that had just ended yesterday. So should be a good one for you guys. Went with last names today. We haven't, we haven't used those since, like, episode one. Yeah, that's all right. Is next week episode 20? Are we, are we almost at 20 here? I, I think this is 19, I believe. I believe so, um, yes. I think it is. Wow, so maybe by episode 20 we'll have the end of the finals here and we'll be jumping into fantasy football and real-life football. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm so super excited, excited for that. Nine more Sundays yeah, until nine Sundays. season starts. Nine Sundays. I, I mean, we do have you know NBA free agency in the draft, but we're not going to cover that as much. Free agency, yes. Draft, maybe half an episode or so just to go through some of the names. Yeah. Oh, just just while we're on that subject, James Booknight flying up boards right now, but he's in like the ten range, which you you guys wouldn't get him. I just wanted to let you I mean, know. We could that. use our six on him. But I don't think you're using the six Probably on not, James Booknight. I, he could he could shoot up. He could pull the Zach Wilson and just shoot up draft boards. You never know. <laughs> All <laughs> it's right. It's not gonna happen. Game three was yesterday. Game four is tomorrow. What are your thoughts thus far on the uh, on the series? All right, so I had Suns in six. You had Suns in five. five. But okay. my prediction was based off Giannis coming back game three. Giannis came back game one. Correct. Well, so, I mean, it didn't matter, though. They won the first I mean, two. Yeah, my prediction has been right so far. The Suns took both at home. The Bucks have won one on the way, uh, or uh, at home. So I will see how game four goes tomorrow to see how my prediction is going so far. But the thing about that, and, and I'm realizing, is Giannis isn't the key factor to the Bucks winning. It's... Drew Holiday needs to show up and play because Drew Holiday didn't do anything game one and game two in Phoenix. Game three comes around and he's locking down Devin Booker. He's making threes like he's supposed to, and the Bucks destroy the Suns. So I honestly don't think that even if I even when I said Giannis coming back in three is what's gonna make my prediction Suns in five. It's it was all based on if Drew Holiday can do what he's he was traded for to do, and Chris Middleton the same thing. Chris Middleton has been almost non-existent so far. You know, that's funny you say that because we still haven't had the Chris Middleton game yet. Yeah. Like, he's going to have at least one. Yeah, I saw a very accurate chart of Chris Middleton. He goes from Kyle Kuzma to being overrated to having a very good breakout game to being underrated to being the next Michael Jordan. And then back to Kyle Kuzma and the rotation just con- continues. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Has any of these playoffs changed your opinion of Chris Middleton at all? Like... Like how? What did you think of him before, and has it changed since, or do you still feel the same way? About I mean, there him? have been a few games where I'm like, okay, Chris Middleton is legit, and then he comes back the next game and just shits the bed. So realistically, my opinion hasn't changed, and yeah. I want him to. He needs to have. I'm waiting for him to have that breakout season or breakout series of games in the playoffs where he's just look, Giannis, who? Like, uh, that, I, I mean, that's not gonna no, happen. But, but it's like everybody thinks of the Bucks, and they're like, okay, it's Giannis, and, and and then oh, there's Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. But when is it gonna come to the? It's it's the Lakers, where it's LeBron and AD, 
it's it's the Nets. It's Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Because right now it's just Giannis, and then you're like, okay, well they have two other really good players, but. Yeah, it's like, can we get you know? When is he that all that definite all star every single year? I get he was an all star this year, but when is he going to be like, okay, next year he's Steph Curry, he's just going to make the all star game every single year for the next seven years? And I'm waiting for that to happen. It's just not happening, and I'm starting to to fizzle down to maybe it's just never going to happen. I think he is what he is at this point. I mean, I think people there are some people that feel a lot differently about him. They think that he's better than he is. I'm not of that mindset. I think he's pretty solid and you know he's an above average defender and he's a pretty elite scorer but he's gonna go ice cold like he he's a streak shooter that's what he is but he's a next level streak shooter like he's not Ray Allen you know but he's pretty close to that like he kind of does remind me of Ray Allen a little bit like Ray could just get hot and you you weren't touching him when he got there I mean he's 29 years old so if we give him what yeah I mean he's 29 though I mean 29 at this point you know you are what you are so are we giving him six more seasons at like right now his peak performance or is that that's that's hard to say because you never know with some of these guys I mean you know LeBron is changing the mold as far as you know how how long you can go with your career and Chris Paul is the same thing but you know we we don't know what that's gonna be yeah um but I mean, as far as the series go goes, I feel like I've been pretty on top of what's been happening in the series. I mean, or as far as what I predicted would happen, um, Giannis has been incredible. I mean, he, he's he's been awesome, and I want to have a discussion about that in a bit. But I mean, basically, you know, the home team has won the home games, and the role players have showed up at home, and they haven't on the road. Other than Jay Crowder last night, who shot six of seven from three, which He's going to do that, and then he's also going to have the Jay Crowder game where yeah. he's 0 for fucking 9 and, you know, can't hit anything. I mean, we, we've seen that out of him. Um, I think that I was a little bit wrong on the Brooke Lopez thing, and I actually think that the Bucks have kind of played it wrong. I think they have to play Lopez. I will say you were right from last podcast when you said, okay, well, the second Chris Paul sees Brooke Lopez on me, I'm just going to... I'm going to dice him up, and then I'm going to go in and score. And it happened. Like, he diced Brook Lopez up, got up a three, and then still got the foul off Brook Lopez for a four-point play. So, I mean, you called that perfectly. The The key to me is they have to get Aiton in foul trouble. Yeah, which you, they did perfectly They, they did last night, and that was the Scott Foster game. I, was, like, I just wanted to bring that up Yeah, to listen, you. Chris Paul has lost 11 consecutive, 12 consecutive yeah, games now with Scott listen, Foster's. Game. As a Celtics fan, another team that Scott Foster absolutely hates, and Tamara can attest to this. She knows about the Scott Foster thing. It's a real thing. Like, I don't believe in rigging. I, I don't buy into that crap. Like, I'm sorry. Leagues don't rig games. But, you know, when, when they want to see a series go a little longer than it should, like, they're oh, yeah. going to send Scott Foster in yep. because they just know that he's going to call extra fouls. Like, that's how it's going to go. Um, but, I mean, if the thing is, like, Phoenix has nothing behind DeAndre Ayton. With Sarich going down, they have nobody behind him. And, like, you have to attack Ayton. You have to get him in foul trouble because once he comes off, then you can play Brooke, Brooke, ah, Brooke Lopez. That, that one just screamed right out of my mouth. That speech impediment's kicking in again. <laughs> Um, because there's nobody to defend him. And Brooke Lopez in his prime was an all NBA guy. Like he's that good offensively. He's going to kill you down low. So if Aiton's not in the game, you have to play him. Cause what is, D- is Frank Kaminsky going to guard Brooke Lopez? Come on. 
He's not doing anything. And the Bucks knew. They're like, all right, if we have if we need any sh- if we have any shot of winning this game, it's we need to get eaten out and get Frank Kaminsky in. And yeah, they did it. Yeah, they did. And I mean, they've been able to survive with the Jeff Teague minutes. Uh, I actually I was gonna pull his stats up here, but I mean, I think he played twelve minutes last night. It was like two six minute stints, and he wasn't terrible. I mean, Jeff Teague is not good. Let's just be honest. He's averaging like eleven minutes a game in these games and he's shooting like 35 percent in in the finals just the finals and he's he's shooting like 35 percent from the floor and uh i don't have his points per game i have a lot of other stats up but like they're surviving with him on the floor the player i think they can't survive with on the floor is pj tucker there's nothing for him to do in this series yeah like there's no one for him to guard and offensively he's terrible he there's just nowhere for him to go like Game two, they tried putting him on Chris Paul. And it's like, okay, that works for about two possessions. And then Paul is like, okay, well, I figured out that puzzle. It's like basically putting like an eight-piece puzzle in front of Chris Paul, and it takes him like six seconds to figure out. So it's like, okay, you delayed him for six seconds, and now he's figured it out. Okay, well, now what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, so it's not like it's not like when Kevin Durant's on the floor and P.J. Tucker can at least bang with him. Like, you're not going to bang with Chris Paul. Chris Paul's just going to get you in a switch and take you to school. Like, it. It is what it is, but like we're seeing that the Giannis at center lineups and Giannis in the paint is unguardable. They they don't have an answer for that, and yeah. we said that. So they have to get Aiton in foul trouble, which they did, and then they have to be able to get Lopez in the game when Aiton's off. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. And I mean, if they if the Bucks can do tomorrow what they did yesterday to the Suns, is it tomorrow or is it Wednesday? Isn't it just two games in between uh, So this schedule is weird because of something to do with Phoenix. They have to delay the games for some reason because there's a scheduling conflict with Phoenix's arena. So I'm not sure if it's tomorrow or if it's Wednesday. If you're looking that up right it now. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. I, I thought it was. There, there's something weird with Phoenix's arena or something. So they had to make the the schedule change. I don't know what it what the reasoning is exactly, but... Um, so that, that's a huge advantage Milwaukee, if you ask me. Yeah. Any rest you can give Giannis who... Yeah, I mean, come out of a 40-point game, that's going to need more than a day rest. Is there a guy in the league that plays harder than him? No, I don't like, think so. Like, from start to finish, can you name one guy that plays harder than that, dude? I mean... No? My God, he had two finishes last night in the first quarter, and I was like, oh my God. He... And what a boring game, by the way. It really was. Like, it was. I kept flipping back and forth to the Gold Cup. This was, it was a technical game where I got to like, I think a quarter of the way through, or quarter of the way through the fourth, and I finally was like, oh, I'm just going to turn this off. Like, this is so boring. Let me go watch the rest of the USA Gold Cup game with our second roster. And I mean, that wasn't really enjoyable either, but. You don't like USA B squad versus the Haiti team? Oh my god. But <laughs> you can't you can't watch US soccer without a 90th minute scare. It it was just I mean it's boring basketball and if that's what beats the Suns then that's what the Bucks have to do. But Well, they have they have to grind it out. Th- yeah. They're going to have to. They don't have the ability to score 135 points. Like they just can't do that. It's not going to happen for them. Um I was going to ask you a question about Giannis. Okay. So for me, the way he's played in this series, regardless if his team wins or loses, if his team loses, I don't think it hurts his legacy. No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, right now he's going to probably break Michael Jordan's consecutive 40-point games in the finals record. 
Um, he, I mean, he's just destroying the Suns 100%. And you're seeing him play out of his mind completely. I think the only only like legacy it's going to tarnish is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton's. I think Drew Holiday's legacy is pretty well set. He's like a good player, but if he's your third guy, like you're in trouble. He's a head case. I honestly like he frustrates the hell out of me watching him. Like one one minute he looks pretty good, he's attacking the basket, and then the next minute it's like, hey, let me jack up a step back three with 19 seconds left in the shot clock. And yeah, but who it's, are you it's again? Tough because yeah. like he got traded, and some people are like, oh, well, what are the Bucks doing? Some people really liked the trade. Some people were I, like, oh. I was not a fan of that it's trade. like, well, this trade, it, it, why are the Bucks doing this? And then he comes out and he does well for the Bucks. He helped the Bucks throughout the rest of the regular season and somewhat of the first two series of the playoffs, and then now he's just non-existent. I mean, defensively, he's important. He hasn't been, though. He is right. Like, he was yesterday, but. Yeah, th- until yesterday, he really hadn't been important. Yeah. I mean, he was important against Brooklyn. I thought, yes, because he basically said, oh, James Harden, you're injured. Let me pick you up full court and make you actually have to work, which was smart. But like, here's the thing. They traded all those picks and all that stuff for Drew Holiday. They could have just had Chris Paul. They could have made the deal for Chris Paul. I mean, it's not like Oklahoma City got a massive package for him. You know, they got a couple picks. (laughs) They gave up four picks to get Drew Holiday. Who would you rather have right now if you're Milwaukee? Oh, you'd rather have Chris Paul, the guy on the other team in the finals. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I know who Drew Holiday is. He's a nice player. I think he's averaging like 16.3 points a game in the finals right now. Yeah, 16.3 on 35% shooting, which is kind of – or that's from three. Uh, I think he's shooting, he's shooting 38% from the floor. That's terrible. But, I mean, you know, he, he's – He's all right. I, you know, Middleton, I think, is really the one that's is bothered. But, but like, back to Giannis. So you you agree with me, like, even if they lose, if he continues at this pace, like, his legacy is good for you. Like, yes. it doesn't – it's yeah. not affected by – like, it's if affected because – If he falls because, off this pace, then, yes, it affects it. But if he stays on this, I'm going to average 35-plus every single game. Right, because, like, like, I think of this as, like, LeBron's 07 finals. I never hold that finals against LeBron because he didn't – he shouldn't have even been there. And you knew they were going to get swept. That team was terrible. I'm not saying that Giannis's team is terrible, but, I mean, basically they're four deep. And then, you know, it's like, okay, can anybody hit a shot for me? And Giannis has to initiate everything. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, if he does this and he averages this, and even if they pull this off, where is he going to fall in the rankings all time? And I know this isn't as important to you, but, like, I felt like two years ago he didn't have a chance to be, like, a Pantheon guy, like a top 20 guy all time. I mean, two MVPs, if they pull out the chip and he wins the finals MVP, which he will. I mean, if they Oh, yeah, it, I mean, he'd be finals. He could they, be finals MVP on the losing team. Yeah. If he pulls it out, so I'd, hmm, I, I'd say it, it moves him definite top 25. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at the top 20, like, okay, you know Steph Curry's in there, Kevin Durant's in there. You have um, the main 10. Yeah, you have your 10. And then, you know, at 17 to 20, it's, you know, there's a lot of argument. And there's not a lot of guys with two MVPs and a finals MVP and a finals. By like, the age of what? 26. 26? Yeah. He's 26. Like, th- I, I've noticed with him, there, after that Nets series, they went down 2-0 or 0-2. Like, 
his attitude changed and the way that he attacked changed. And it's like, well, why can't we look at him the way we look at Shaq? Because if you're asking me right now, like, who could control a series more easily, him or Shaq? It's him. Because he can bring the ball up the floor. He can initiate an offense. Yeah, but He's I better would at the still free throw rather line. have Shaq. I, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if you're in a series no, yeah. and it's one guy and the rest of his team blows, who do you want? Oh, it's You'd Giannis. much rather have Giannis. It's because, Giannis over a lot of guys, Right, actually. because Shaq is... It's, it's, he needs so much more around him because of the position he plays and the style he plays. So I want to throw something at you with a different player. You bring up Shaq. What about a Tim Duncan? No. No. Yeah, but you have... Nope. So hang on. Nope. Tim, but... Tim Duncan's the greatest power forward No, I agree. Time. And I, there's I, no I'm not going to discuss there. a five-time champion. But what kind of roster are we talking? Are you talking about bad roster or average roster? I mean average roster. So this Milwaukee Bucks team? I, I Yeah, I guess oh, so. Oh, then it's still Tim Duncan. I thought you were saying like... No, no, no. Like, no, I'm, I'm talking like this Bucks team. Oh, okay. Then yeah, you know, something similar to that. Like the 06 Miami team. I mean, Dwayne Wade wasn't a superstar yet. He was a very good player, but he wasn't a superstar. But I mean, no, I'm not going to bring Tim Duncan into this. See, I, I thought he's, you were talking. He's a top seven not, all-time no, player. I, like we we agree. Yeah, but I thought you were talking like below average roster. Oh no, no, okay, no, okay. No. no, I mean the same Bucks roster. Yeah, just but switching the main like player. here's the thing okay. with Duncan. Duncan was such a good passer, and like his ability to do other things and oh, off yeah, ball. And I like understand. Shaq, Shaq off ball is not really helpful to you other than offensive rebounds. So you know that's that's where that and defensively Tim Duncan was just god phenomenal. Um we also didn't throw defensive player of the year awards into where we're talking about Giannis's yeah. legacy. Yeah, I mean he has one. Yeah. You know? And uh, he's top 20. If they win if, the finals, if they win this it, finals, I really have to think about him being a top 20 all-time player. I mean the the 10 spot is hard to get into because you know, the, I mean, you have to I mean, pass. Jesus, it's guys that are hey, who's at the bottom of the top 10? Kareem no, Kareem's higher than that. But I mean, you're you're talking like Kobe and Hakeem at the bottom, and Shaq, Kobe, yeah, Hakeem, those Shaq. Are like some hard guys. those are the guys you're talking about passing. Yeah, you know. And but but I mean, the top twenty, you know, like right now, Kawhi Leonard's like twenty fifth all time. Like if you really think about it, like Kawhi Leonard's twenty fifth best player of all time. KG's like twenty two. I mean, you win two MVPs and a Finals MVP, that, that, that yeah, gets you pretty I, close. Yeah. I would say it probably passes him, to be honest. At the age of, tw- at the age of twenty six, having a defensive player of the year, two MVPs, and a Finals if they win it. I- yeah, I mean I- KG, KG. I love KG, but a favorite yeah, Celtic of all time. You're a Celtics like- fan, it's it's tough to want to pass up that much productivity at such a young age and say, hey, let me just go with KG dominant. K- I- KG won the MVP in two thousand and four. I believe that was in his ninth year in the league. He was Defensive Player of the Year in 2008. He has one finals victory in two finals appearances. Y- you know, I mean, you're already talking awards. You're talking Giannis is already Oh, yeah, he's already he surpassed him. Yeah. And offensively, like, it's not close. And I-, I love Kevin Garnett. But you start putting it together, you're like, shit. I mean, at this point, he's got to be, what, 35th best player? Of all- I- he's-, he's incredible. Yeah. And if he pulls this off, like, it's- you just have to put him up there, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree. I, there's there's not really a question to that though. If, like, if you argue against that, I almost think you don't. Yeah, know you're, what you're talking. Yeah, about. you're kind of just arguing to argue. Yeah. Um. 
I almost talked myself into Bucks and six last week. You, you remember that? I did. When Giannis was announced, I am one. I am somewhat regretting the decision not to switch to the Bucks and six because I watched the series and I'm like, if they can just get Aiton with three fouls in the first, you know, quarter and a half, like they can win the game. You get four fouls on Aiton with a quarter to go, like you're gonna have a chance. I'm confident with my Suns pick because. I think even in a game seven, marching into Phoenix, that Phoenix crowd is loving oh, they were it more, incredible. Is loving it a lot more than the Milwaukee crowd is. Like, the Milwaukee crowd, you know what's funny? You can't fake desperation. Like when you're the desperate team and you're down 0-2, like you can't fake that. Yeah, Th- that crowd has to be crazy and they have to be desperate. They needed David Bakhtiari to chug beers last night to like get into the game, and it's like, hey guys, you're down 0-2. Like your team needs you here. Yeah. There like, were Suns fans. Did you see the Suns were, guy with the, the, the flame hat yeah, all decked up yeah. in orange? Still counting. You could hear the counting head. on yeah. the broadcast. Like, if you're the Suns or the, the Bucks fans, you can't let that happen. You got to shut those people up. Like, yeah. no, get them out of there. You, you you can't have that happen. No. I, I'm i less confident in my choice of games. Yeah, I think, you, I think five is just not going to happen. Milwaukee's going to be able to yeah. pull out another game. They just are. I mean, honestly, I think the series goes two-two. I don't think the Bucks are are going to lose at home. I mean, it all depends I, I on could who's see, refing the game, but I could see Phoenix winning Game Four. It all depends on who's refing the game and how yeah. well they do with getting Aiton out of it. But I'm still confident that the the Suns are going to win this. They just want it. The fan base wants it. The organization wants it so much more than the Bucks do, and I'm confident they're going to keep up this pace. Devin Booker hasn't been great. He has not. I, uh, you know, he's got I, a lot to prove. He does, you know. And there's there's been a lot of that superstar word being thrown around. I'm kind of sick of that. Oh no. Um, well, I, I've, I've heard think, enough of that crap. I think the superstar word has been th- been throwing been being thrown around. Wow, neither of us can talk today. Has been being thrown a. Has been thrown a lot <laughs> thrown around way too much in the past years to begin with. Let alone this year, at all. Like, I, let's be honest. There's only like nine superstars in the league. I might. Is cut there that, even nine? I might cut like, that down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this question: How many guys in the league, if you're trying to win the title, how many guys in the league are you taking before you take Chris Paul? A lot. Really? If I'm is Chris to Paul win a title, superstar to you? No. He's not. No. Even with he's a star. I look that you gotta be. Next level to be in that superstar. So I who's can probably give you so my who's superstar your superstar list, right list? LeBron James. Yeah. Okay. Kevin yeah. Durant. Yeah. Giannis. Yeah. I might put Luca in there. That might be a little bit of a stretch. Steph Curry. Okay, I'm glad you had Curry. I was Damian gonna, Lillard. I disagree on Dame. Kawhi Leonard. Okay. And if I sat down and thought a little bit more, I might throw a few more in there. I mean, James Yo- Harden. Jokic. Oh yeah, Jokic. Okay. I, I'd have to James, sit down. And James think Harden, about it. we can argue about, but in the end, I'm going to concede it and say he's a superstar. But I have two point guards on my list. I have Dame and Steph. I feel like if you aren't in the top two of your position, top three, I'll give to some positions because the small forward is stacked. If you count LeBron and Kevin Durant and Giannis as small forwards, and Kawhi and Kawhi, that position is stacked. Um, Joel Embiid, I would say, is a superstar. no, 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 hell no. I am not. No way. Okay. You had to beat Trey Young, and you couldn't beat Trey Young. Right. Well, Get out of here with that shit. A segment next week. We can do that. Uh, I would love we to have some that conversation coming up soon. So listen. I mean, we can do that. But I mean, like 
technicality list. Like, get, not not using any stats in there. I'm just going to throw Joel Embiid's name out there. I have, gonna yeah, you're going to get a strong no on that from um, me. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it all depends on positions, and I'm not going to give the point okay, guard position. So, so you wouldn't you wouldn't consider like if you're, I'm not talking about like, I, I actually I am talking about 82 game regular season, but like you're just trying to win the finals. Chris Paul's not not a superstar. He's not a superstar for you. You nope. would take, give me a ballpark number. How many guys do you think you would take before Chris Paul? Legitimately, I would take Kyrie Irving over Chris Paul. Okay, I really are we talking with, no, no, no injury? We're guaranteeing no, 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 no injuries. I don't care. You're gonna. Kyrie Irving and Chris Paul in the Kyrie Irving in the injury conversation. No, are we guaranteeing no injuries? No, no I'm not. It, it, that's irrelevant. Like they're healthy, whatever. I'm gonna take Kyrie. Irving Hell no. Well. Fuck no. What has he ever done? I, what has he <laughs> ever done, dude? I still. What think has Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Irving is a, is ever a better point guard than Chris okay, Paul? Okay, he might be flashier and he might be able to score better, but as far as winning with a team. What did Chris Paul do with your shitty Thunder squad last year? Got him to the playoffs. Got him to the playoffs. Kyrie Irving was the eight seed in the East, and he only played in 15 games. He was terrible with them. So, no, you can't say Kyrie Irving because Chris Paul got them to the five seed in the West last year. (laughs) The five seed in the West? That's insane. That's insane. No, I'm not giving you Kyrie Irving. I I'll fight you on that one. I mean, we're talking time. 82 game season, dude. It's tough. It, it's so tough because where do you put Russell Westbrook in there? Below Chris Paul. Where do you put? Yeah, but you're talking 82 game. I don't care. Season. He just he was just healthy for an, for a 72 game season. It's tough. Is Luca a point guard? No. Uh, I mean, I, I guess he is. His but position. Yeah, he's is, positioned as a point guard. I mean, I'm I guess. I'm taking Luke over Chris Paul. Yeah, I would take Luke over Chris Paul. I think Luca's better than Chris I Paul. I mean, is. I'm going to say Chris Paul is a definite top five point guard, and I'm going to. So if I have to pick Chris Paul out of five point guards, like, yeah, when okay. it comes down to the fifth, but, like, I have Kyrie Irving over Chris Paul. Yeah, you don't. Okay, I understand that he might be more flashy and he might, like, he might be able to do more things right now than Chris Paul can. But as far as leading a team, being there when it counts, clutch, not being a guy that just disappears for two weeks. Like, you really think Kyrie Irving could lead a team to the finals? He's the number one option on a finals team. Maybe not. Exactly. That See, like, I mean, that's what's just he the, ever that's done? The, that's the phrase you had to put out. He's the number one. The I, number one guy on a finals team. He doesn't have Kevin Durant or LeBron James next to him. He, yeah. You know, like... Kyrie Irving is the flashiest point guard I've ever seen in my life. He's incredible. I used to love him. I hate him now, but like... So he's number four on my list. No, no. There's a lot of guys I would take before him. No, 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 no. I'm talking Chris Paul. Oh, Chris Paul. Okay. I have Curry one. Point guard list. Dame two. I would take Chris Paul over Dame. I I wouldn't. I would. Look, and I, I mean, I, what's I wanna, Dame wanna, ever done? I want to get out of this. We can, yeah, we that's, can that's push fine. this to, to next, that's fine. next week or the week after. All right. Because I feel like we could have a lot of fun with this. But yeah, I mean, superstar, my answer is no. Going back to the original question. Okay. All right. I, I, that's fine. I mean, because I, I only think there's like seven superstars in the league, really. But yeah, I, think I, I wanted to seven. see if maybe you thought about that at all. Um, Listen, Game Four is tomorrow. I think Bucks are going to win it. I, I'm going to take Bucks in Game Four. I need to know who's refing the game. I don't care. It's probably going to be Tony Brothers. 
They're going to throw another guy out there that likes to call a lot of fouls. I think the Suns can win it in, in Milwaukee. I think they can win in Milwaukee too, but I think Milwaukee's kind of figured some stuff out. I'm going to say the Suns win. All right, you got Suns four. in game four? Yeah. All right. Not Suns in four, but Suns, Suns in, game, in four. game four. Someone needs to find that guy and like slap him, honestly. We, you we should Jamal not. Murray like, was happy yeah. even that even the fact that he gave him, like beat the shit out of Nuggets fans. Like, like, we we should never be applauding someone that's beating the shit out of somebody in the stands. I like, love that. No, I'm not okay with that. Like, <laughs> I love you that. know what? Any other time, we're not okay with that. But all of a sudden, now we are. Fans are throwing water bottles no, at no, people, no, no, and no. that's a problem. It's not just. But they're in the stands beating the snot out of each other, and we're good with that, <laughs> it's right? Not just because he's a Suns fan. Oh, because we're beating the snot out of common folk. That's fine. But I those love, rich people that I, play ball. I love to see anybody fight. So the fact that I get to see fans of sports teams fight. I think it's great. I think that's funny as hell, and I would take that any day. But and do you really have any more, much more to say about the series in general? I got plenty to say about this next topic, though. UFC two sixty four. Let's not jump into McGregor Poirier just yet, because I why know, not? I know you and I are gonna have a little bit of a heated discussion about this. Um, fighter of the night, Chris Moutinho. Oh, Paul absolutely! Got his shit rocked. Fell once. In a three-round fight, fell once. Sean O'Malley destroyed the significant strike record. It was either in general or his own. In general. By a country it, it was mile. Because it was Nate Diaz, I believe, originally had yeah. the record. Like, Sean O'Malley... I mean, I don't know if this is a, a diss to Sean O'Malley with saying this showing that maybe he's just not strong with his punches in, at the bantamweight division, or if it's just going to say that Chris Moutinho has an iron chin. Because that dude, like... I thought it was funny. Afterwards, some guy went up to him. He's like, dude, you you earned your name being out there tonight. And the guy, he was just eating an ice cream sandwich. He wasn't like nothing wrapped on his head, nothing nothing at all, just eating an ice cream sandwich. Um, I think he also got one of the fighters of the night, so he got a, an added bonus to his purse. Yeah, he did. He got the $75,000 bonus yeah. on his purse. Um, um, Herb Dean, questionable end. I mean, there was only like what? I Herb? had a problem with that. See... Dana White also had a problem with it, but Dana also said that, look, this is your livelihood. Like, Herb saw, like, dude, you've been getting the shit rocked out of you for three rounds Yeah, exactly, now. but he got it no, rocked I for three rounds. I it, mean, it's, it's, yeah. If you're looking at it as a health standard, it was a good stoppage. If you're looking at it as a, this guy, because he would have felt way better about himself had he gone three rounds taking an absolute beating. Also, he would have gotten another bonus for that. Yep. So, that's also kind of bullshit on Herb Dean's part. But, taking that away from him. Yeah. You know, that that's honestly Dana should do the right thing and give him the bonus. Probably. Uh, because I'm sorry. And I mean, he also took that with what? Two week notice? Less than 11 days. 11 days. 11 yeah. days. And he wasn't even able to train for it because he has a job. Yeah. So, I mean, good on you, bud. Good on you. You come, so, in, you come into a main card pay-per-view and you get your shit rocked, but you fall one time. One time. Didn't yeah. He, he, only, he didn't it really was, bleed either. No, he 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 was bleeding. No, because if you looked after the fight, the video that I'm talking about, his face was still the same color as it was in the fight, and they would have wiped up all that blood. He was bleeding. Yeah, but he wasn't. Like, well, he drenched. wasn't Nate Diaz yeah. bleeding. Yeah. So, uh, my favorite podcaster, Bill Simmons, uh, he's in the Mass Hole Hall of Fame. Uh, he is Chris Moutinho is from Milford, Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, he Bill Simmons tweeted that officially. Moutinho is allowed to skip the five-year waiting period and has been put into the Mass Hole Hall of Fame That's because dope. that is the greatest 
performance of a loser anybody's ever seen. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible. And I'm sorry, I think if that fight went another like minute, I think he might have won. I I think it's like really like mentally frustrating. It's demoralizing if, if you're you Sean can't O'Malley. knock a guy <laughs> like, out. Like he he wasn't even deflecting and he didn't check a thing. Nope. He just stood there and took it. And the fact that the dude was advancing. Yeah. I mean, not just standing there getting his head beat. Well, off. like Herb called time at one point for whether it was a mouth. Oh, it was Sean O'Malley's his mouthpiece. Mouth yeah. And Herb was like, you need to back up. And Chris Martino was still trying yeah. to get up and close to Sean O'Malley. I mean, it was nothing but trying to advance, just trying to get inside. And I think I said it during the fight. I feel like I'm watching like Rocky versus Drago here and where he's just like getting his head beat off and trying to get inside. Like I felt like if he had another minute, he might've been able to do something. I Maybe. I mean, that's I, a really long shot and maybe it's optimistic kind of thinking, but I kept watching. I'm like, there's no way O'Malley's not frustrated right here. Well, I was waiting. And, and when you get frustrated, we've seen it. Guys get frustrated. They open themselves up. Yep. And all it takes is one is you're opened up for a split second and you could be on the ground. I mean, we've seen that plenty of times. And Sugar wasn't layers in his hand. His 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 arms were his his hands were down the entire yeah. time. Like uh, hey, listen, backing up and throwing, you know, four hundred strike attempts, that's exhausting. Yeah. I mean that's that's exhausting. There's no way you're not tired from that. one slip up could have ended that fight. I mean yeah. That's why I was really frustrated that Herb ended it because I thought, listen, give the kid the last whatever amount of seconds it was. Like, if he yeah. sleeps him, he sleeps him. Let it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's a fuck up by Herb, but he's still, in my opinion, the best referee in the UFC right now, so it doesn't even matter. I, that's a lot of people's opinions, actually. I don't think anybody's going to dispute you on that opinion. <laughs> really hot, yeah. screaming hot take over there. Herb Dean's the best official in the UFC. Um, I mean, the main card... Up until Dustin Connor was still good. That women's fight was also very good. Yeah, it, it was a good fight. I mean, I, it wasn't a memorable one, Ended but it was a good fight. Knockout 435 in, into the round. Yeah. So, uh, Ty Tuivasa, Bam Bam, knocking out Greg Hardy and doing four shoeies on the way out. Yeah, that I think the shoeies were probably the most epic thing I've ever oh, yeah. seen. To take some random dude's boot and like drink a beer out of it is that's pretty epic, epic. shit. Like I I couldn't do it. And the kid he doesn't care who he fights. He's like I don't really give a shit who I fight. Just give me somebody. I just love being out here in that Australian accent. It's just, I, I you know I think the UFC kind of screwed up there. They I think they're trying to promote Greg Hardy because they think that the average fan is gonna tune in to watch him because he played football and it's like well the average fan wants to see him get his shit rocked yeah but like the average fan's not tuning in to watch Greg Hardy nobody cares about oh, him oh yeah like well the average fan is tuning in to watch Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor right, so right. that's why you throw Greg Hardy on that right card. but like I don't think that because I'm not a super fan by any means but I'm I'm more than the average fan yeah but like six months ago when I was less of a fan like I've gotten back into it recently. I'm not tuning in because Greg Hardy's on the card. Like, I'm not. If oh, anything, no. I'm not watching because Greg Hardy's on the card. And I, they could have picked somebody else there. Oh, I, yeah. I would have liked to have seen somebody else. But, I mean, they like to get heavyweights in there because heavyweights are always a knockout. 90% of the time, it's a knockout, if you ask me. Like, yeah. they're the best fights. Actually, that, that was a pretty vicious knockout. Yeah. <laughs> he, he almost gets knocked out and then knocks And then just out. catches yeah. it. That's, that's why you love the heavyweight division. I mean, it's... It's epic. Gilbert Durinio Burns versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That was a one-sided fight. We don't really need to talk about that. It went decision. Yeah, I got nothing to say on that. The main event. <laughs> Here we go. Just like to point out that Andrew just consistently gets main events wrong. He is so bad with calling main events. I lost and, money. You know what's funny? Is you picked every fight of the night. 
You pick the winner of every fight and you get the main event wrong. That it was epic. all the time. It was epic. I've never seen someone go down in such a blaze of glory on their picks. It's phenomenal. Um, a very uh a very unenthusiastic end to a a, a pretty decent card. No, um, perfect ending. Shut up. I thought it was a perfect ending. So if you didn't watch it and you somehow haven't been on the internet in the past forty eight hours, you wouldn't know that Conor McGregor broke his ankle. It actually snapped his tibia. Clean break, surgery out six weeks, then can start lightly training, according to him. Yeah, right. He's out for at least um, 16 to 18 months. Connor, everyone's thinking, and it, it's almost known at this point, that Dustin just checked a knee kick, kind of like stress fractured Connor's ankle, and then he stepped wrong after missing a punch, and it kind of just gave in. Um, It I mean, most definitely... So when Poirier said in the post-fight, when he said that I, oh, I checked felt, it yeah. and I pointed at him. Well, you go back and you check it and you watch the kick. Connor throws a kick and it hits him in the knee. Yeah. It hits Poirier in the knee. He checks it and immediately Poirier points at him. He it's should've. like, okay, you clearly broke your leg yeah. there. Like, and for Connor to say that that's not what happened, like you're full of shit. Like it definitely yeah. broke there. There's no reason for Poirier to point in the middle of the fight at your foot. Yeah, exactly. Like he remembered that so specifically. It's like, bro, that's where you broke it. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just I just had to get that in there. Like, yeah, I just hate Connor. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, it was a it was a very one sided round. After a minute, I think it started off. Well, so it started off with it was kind of just all right. We're standing, and then Connor sh- shoots, goes for the guillotine, and I mean, some people are upset that Dustin interlocked his toes in the fence to give him leverage on the guillotine to not let Connor lock it in. I mean, whatever, it's cheap. But Connor did the same thing against Khabib. Connor also was shoving his fingers in, in Poirier's glove. And I just want to give a message to all McGregor dick riders. Like, I love Connor McGregor. He's my favorite UFC fighter, not of all time, because I do love Anderson Silva, but of the past five years, I love Connor McGregor. The f- past five years, that's when you like Connor McGregor? Well, you can't say the past five years. He's been a, <laughs> the whole, been his a whole career, ride. I should say, ever since he came into the UFC. And then, like, just. Take the loss. Like, he lost the first round. It was a 10-8 round on two of the score or the judges' scorecards. And then a message to the Conor McGregor haters. Like, I mean, give the guy some credit at no. least. Like, okay, no. you know, you're different. You don't like the fact that he made money and he's kind of laid back. No, in that's, that's not my problem with him. That's not my problem? problem with him at all. My problem with him is you've thrown a chair through a bus, injured people. You talk shit about people's family. You listen when in the fight game. I understand that the trash talk is a thing. I I love the fighting world. I love boxing. I love all of that. Okay, but you're different. You take the stuff outside of the octagon and you hate him for a reason. That is listen, that is legitimate. If you are going to talk about Habib's religion, his family, I, Dustin Poirier's wife, the charities that he represents, and then still continue to run your mouth after the fights because that hasn't ended. He still go. He still goes at Habib. He still has issues with Poirier after the fights. It's uncalled for. No, but and like I was just saying, you you hate him for a very legitimate outside of the I, fight. I also world am reason. not a fan of his fight but, style. But there are some people that 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 hate him just as a fighter, and it's like, dude, you have to recognize it's pure athleticism. I I do think he's overrated as a fighter, anyways. I think he's overrated right now. I think that he benefited from fighting some guys that. I think the UFC fu- recent, right? No 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 I think in the past I think UFC has changed dramatically and 
he got away with being, and he's an incredible striker. He's one of the greatest strikers of all time. I give him that. I've never not said that. But in the division that he was fighting, to be a striker was such a massive advantage. And we saw it with Ronda Rousey too. Like it was the same thing. To be able to strike or to be able to do something that other people couldn't do was such an advantage that, yeah, you were just going to win a lot of fights. You know, like the Jose Aldo win. What, what was it, like seven seconds or 17 seconds or something like that? Uh, it's it the, like it's the fastest seconds. knockout in UFC history. Like It was. Or it was, yeah. Now it's Masvidal. And right, Ben-Ash. but like, you know, I think it's just he's had such kind of an overrated career because his style was so superior in the beginning and now it's not. Like, we're seeing anybody that has a leg kick and it's not something he's ever been good at can beat him. We're seeing that anybody that can get him to the ground now can be. Everybody wanted to stand toe to toe with him for no reason. Don't stand toe to toe with him. Nate Diaz, for some reason, was like, "Oh, let's stand here and blast each yeah, other but, away." But Nate hasn't ever. He, he's a very good, like, submission artist. I mean, he's got a triangle choke that that is one of the best submissions of all time, it's top fifteen. That, but he's he's always been known as like, I'm just a thug. I'm gonna stand up toe to toe. You know, I'm gonna throw hands the entire time, and if I have to, I'll go to a submission. But I want to give Connor at least a little bit of credit. His game has at least adapted since going up. Like, I mean, Khabib humbled him. He had no Connor had no submission, no grappling game. It was he still all only wanted the where. Throw. Where are you saying his game has gone? I up mean, he since shot he... for a guillotine against Dustin Poirier, who's a great grappler and a great wrestler. Yeah, I guess so. But I felt like that was more of a I have nowhere to go with this right now. And guess you, what? He almost almost. I no, I don't think he really almost pulled it off. I've rewatched it a few times. He never really has Poirier. He he did, but he never has him in a position where Poirier can't get out of it. Like, he needed to get Poirier on his back, and as soon as Poirier elevates over the top of him, he doesn't have him anymore. You know? Like, I I felt like it it was... Yeah, he had him, but he really never was going to get that. And I felt like that was kind of a desperation move. Just like I kind of felt like the, the kicks that he threw... I mean, he he was oh, throwing no in the beginning of the round. Oh, he, when he, like, he was throwing all those random kicks, and it's like you're just wasting your energy. I I didn't think that any of those were done with any purpose. Like it was, they were all desperation shots to me. Like I I just never felt like he was in control. I I think he won the first sixty seconds of the fight because I think he was the aggressor, and I'll always give the aggressor the the advantage. But like. Nothing he did really amounted to anything. I mean, there are some people that are saying that Connor won the round. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, shut up. Like it was. He got his face blown in. Ten eight is is questionable because it's very hard for me to give somebody a ten eight. Ten eight is wrong to me. I, I think would that's say wrong. 10-9. Yeah, I, it was a ten nine round for Poirier. Um, I we discussed it. I don't really want to argue about it. You and I have talked over the past two weeks about Connor and Poirier all together. Um, my kind of statement is. And we don't have to argue it. Is is there any part of you that thinks that that should go? No, I, I already. I don't doctor need to... stoppage. No contest. Oh, the doctor stoppage. Um, if they should. They should deem it a no contest. Maybe not push for Poirier McGregor three. Like say, okay, Poirier has the upper hand, but let's just say no contest because, look, yes, granted, Connor probably would have gotten up in the second round had he not broke his ankle and still gotten his shit rocked. But no, and here's why. Here's why it shouldn't be a doctor stoppage because well, it's doctor stoppage with a knockout. I'm saying right. no contest doctor. Yeah, stoppage. I'm saying it should still be the knockout because I think Poirier's the reason the leg broke on the check. 
number I one. I think it was a bad kick. He shot well, it was a bad kick, but he still knee. checks it. Yeah. He checks it. And, like, if that fight went another six seconds, Connor was going to get knocked out. Herb should have stepped in and stopped the fight. It end, The round ended. Had Herb stopped the fight in the middle, like the round ended and then they called the stoppage, had he stopped it in the middle, I would have been okay with that. And, and I would have been good with the doctor oh, stoppage, no broke. contest. Yeah, yes. but nobody knew his ankle was broken right, until but, it was but over. But see, for me, like, had it broke with two minutes left in the round, now I'm good with it. But the round ended, and then, and I know it's bang-bang there, but, like, the round ended, Poirier's on top of him, beating the piss out of him. Like, if that fight goes another six seconds, I think Connor's done anyways. So I, I want the TKO there. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If he goes out there for a round two, it's over. You know, he's he's it's over. And I feel like Poirier deserves that win where they don't do a no contest there. It's I just a tough do. it's a tough argument because yeah, Connor historically is gets worse as as fights go on. He does not have the stamina that other fighters do. But we've also seen Connor come out in second rounds after not really looking the best and absolutely dominate. So I would just I'm not saying I want to see another fight because I think it's just going to go the same way that Maybe it goes. Maybe it goes five rounds. But I don't want to see a four. I think I don't. I also don't want to see a four. But I I don't think that it's deserving for Poirier to get a win there. Like take the take the take the no, the knowledge that okay I just kicked his ass in the first round. But I mean my job wasn't done. He could have still stood up. He the only cuts he had was an ear, and I think it was a popped. No, his I think his mouth or like right above his. No, it eye wasn't. Was it bleeding. was his. It was his uh, mouth guard in his mouth because we. I had said no. That he had the fight. a cut somewhere on his eye or something. Maybe a small one. I didn't. I didn't see blood on his face in the post fight. I didn't see a gash on his face in the post fight. Like I even saw his post surgery video today where he was wiping his face. And yeah, I, I didn't did see, see that. any gashes there. It. I think it was more or less just cauliflower ear popped a little bit and all that like congealed but, blood but came we out. do know when you cut your ear open that's a massive yeah. disadvantage i so, mean it is you your your equilibrium is just off and you can't stay on balance it's it's a problem yeah we are we're also watching the home run derby while we're recording this soto just had 22 uh, yeah i picked soto to win this he's got to go against otani right away I, i'm not feeling good about my chances but you well, never know we'll see it's a pumped up kind of I mean, anything's even, possible. Even in Colorado, I think everybody's rooting for Shohei Otani. Oh, I, yeah, like, I mean, the dude absolutely. is just absolutely, absolutely. insane. Look, I, you know, listen. I'll yeah. give Connor credit when I feel like he deserves it. I don't think he did anything in that fight that really warrants any credit. Yeah, we, I, mean, I we didn't don't have see to his talk about it much longer. I didn't see his fight game evolve at all. I, I haven't seen anything different with him. I think it's the same old, same old. Like it just seemed desperate. Everything he did. I think he was going to lose the fight anyways. And I think Poirier needs to have his his title shot, which why oh, that's we would, deserved. Right. I mean, he he had a title shot uh prior to fighting McGregor. I thought right. like, the he, only reason he well, didn't no, take he it took was because he wanted the money. Yeah, he took this fight for yeah. the money, which I mean, he I mean he was fine. deserving of the title shot before. Yes. So I, I mean, look forward to Oliveira Poirier being announced within the next week or so because probably, I think they both yeah, want Yeah, probably it. week week and a half somewhere in here. Um the thing I'm more excited to talk about the Euros final. Yes, sir. Let's get on it. So here, listen, this this will be the last bit of international football for a Unless while. Unless we talk about the U.S., but. Well, 
Listen, we're not talking about the U.S. until it's Gold Cup final time. Before we talk about the Euros final, I just want to talk about Messi winning his first international trophy first. Uh, he still hasn't passed Ronaldo in my rankings. Oh, I mean, geez. I'm sorry it took you this long to win an international trophy. And, and it's the Copa. It was the Copa America where you played Brazil was your best competition. Get the hell out of here. Like, I mean, Messi is great. He's number two on my list, but Ronaldo is still the GOAT. Um, oh, my but God. But end of the thing we're actually here to talk about, England-Italy. England got out to a great start. Eight-minute goal with Luke Shaw, the Man United guy. No, no, no. Second-minute goal. Second-minute goal. That Eight-minute was the U.S. game. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Second-minute goal, Luke Shaw blasting it past Donnarumma. And then England just dominated the whole first half. No, I don't, I disagree. I think England scored that goal and said, all right, we're going to move to a back five, and we're going to drop everyone deep, and we're going to let Italy pass the ball around. Oh, I, well, I don't think Italy played well in the first half. That's why I'm going to say that. England dominated the whole first half, but then Italy came out of the came out of the locker room and said, "All right, well, we're going to score a goal in the 68th minute, and then we're just going to dominate you the rest of the game." And then the rest of the the rest of the game, like the regular time, was was kind of just meh to me. It was a few chances by each team, but nobody ever really had a. I thought Italy had three or four chances with Chiesa. Oh yeah, they, before they had he a got chance. Hurt. Yeah. Um, and then, the bi- I mean, the big move of the game was pulling Immobile and Insigno. Oh, I thought you were going to No, no, no. Well, no, no we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, the, I mean, I thought the big move of the game was pulling Insigne and Immobile yeah. and per- for Berardi and uh, I'm blanking on his well, name. Bernadeschi went in. Yeah, Bernadeschi and... <sighs> yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. But then extra time comes along. It kind of looked like a meh. Extra- well, wait, well, wait a minute. Can we give... Benucci his due. Oh, and, yeah. And, and also, the play of the game, I don't know what you felt the play of the game was. It was the the whole, the pullback on the breakaway, in my opinion. No. In extra no, time. No. In regular time, Chiellini's chase down of Raheem Sterling and oh, tackle in the yeah. box. Can, I mean, that's the play of the game because... Sterling is goal side with no one in front of him. Sorry, but it's it's 40 seconds in and Otani hasn't hit a home run. I just like interrupt you real quick. So I might be wrong. That's one. He's got one um, there, I think. So I mean, the whole regular the whole of the regular time was just was good in my opinion. It was back and forth for for both halves. Um, I, I think England completely blew it. They did not I think press. They blew it in, yeah. No, I thought they blew it in the second half. Really? They, they dropped back and they said, we're just going to try to win this game 1-0. And I, I, We've never seen that work. We've never seen teams that score wicked early and then decide, let's win this game 1-0, like ever win. It just doesn't happen. You're, you can't win like that. It's so much pressure to have to play defense for you know, 88 minutes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You can't do that. Not against a team like Italy that just, they have so many ways to score on you. You know, they, they don't have a true striker that can just take you over, but they have so many pieces that can just move around and make runs and cuts. And Well, it really scared me to start, too, because they started looking like they were playing, like, Spain. And they were just trying to ticky-tack it around the, in, t- around the field, and then they weren't taking any shots on the 18. I literally texted you. I was like, they need to start taking more shots at the 18. They need to. They didn't, and it worked out for them. They got a lucky goal that, that Bonucci had put in. And then it was kind of just England slowly, slowly, like didn't look good in the rest of the second half. And then I would say there was a brief 10 to 15 minute period in the second half where England was like, all right, well, we got our shit back together. Yeah, there there was a good like, well, I thought the Sterling chase down. Well, yep. 
that that moment there was a Harry Kane breakaway where I thought they had a chance, and then um, when Grellis checked in, yep. You texted me, you're like, I really hate the substitution right now because I hated it for Italy. I loved it for England. Yeah, because I mean, he's the he gets fouled the most in the Premier League, right? Yes. Like he's t- he's had the most fouls inside the 18. Like yes. that's just a scary. Also, props to the official. Yeah, great, was a very, great job. Very good. He official. didn't deal with the bullshit. It it was listen. I'm was, you you better get actually fouled before I'm going to call yeah. this. And he actually missed a few. Like Harry Kane got trucked at, at midfield by. Uh, well, I mean, uh, the one that I think he definitely missed, and I just have been itching to get to this, is in extra time. Extra time was kind of bland as well. England came out strong, like they did to start the game. I feel like every extra time we've had over the last week has been basically like both teams look at each other and say, you know what, let's just go to penalty kicks. Yeah. I, I really don't feel like there was any urgency in that extra time to score. But Saka, England's young Oof. 19-year-old striker, got the ball. At the edge of the field, and he had one guy to beat. It was Chiellini, and he beat him. And what does Chiellini do? He grabs onto the back of Saka's yeah. jersey and said, "Bro, you are not going anywhere." Yeah, that was genius. It really probably was. a red card. I would. I I thought he was gonna l- probably get a red card. Yeah, and he got a yellow, which is questionable. But even so, I mean, Chiellini didn't play much of a role after that either. Um, and then the rest of extra time was kind of just boring and pointless to me to watch and then penalties come along and I'm sitting there and I, I'm, I'm in my room and I'm sitting there and I'm like oh England's got this I don't know who on Italy is really going to sink some penalties that that England is also gonna also gonna sink but before that actually we see two young guys two young Manchester United guys come in by the names of Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho with one minute left in the game just for the strict role of taking penalties or be there to take a penalty if needed and I'm like, all right, well, these are going to be like seven and eight if, if they go that far. And then what do you know? I see Raheem Sterling and Jack Grealish aren't taking yeah, PKs. Uh, for Sterling not to t- have the balls to go up there for his country and take a penalty. Well, Gareth Southgate is probably not going to be the coach of England anymore because he's the reason that Rashford... Are, are you sure about that? Because everything I've read today Grealish has been out, that... Grealish came out in a statement and said, I wanted to take the PK. I wanted to, and I just wasn't able to. But, I mean, it started off Harry, Harry Kane... Has a great PK. Yeah, that was a great penalty. England I mean, buried com- it. Yeah. It was unsavable. Italy comes back and hits one. Harry Maguire goes out and hits one top in. And then Italy misses. Or, well, Pickford saves, I should say. And then... Actually, that was... That save by Pickford was yeah. incredible. You waited I mean, for the, the the kicker to open yeah, up his hips. And you that went was the right great. Way. And then you get England up again and they miss their third PK. Marcus Rashford misses. Okay, I mean, pressure got to him, and he hit the post. He he went the right way, just hit the post. Kind of, I think he thought about it a little bit too much on his run up. Italy sinks it. Then you get Jaden Sancho up, and Donnarumma makes a great save, and then Italy misses. So it's it is. I can't believe Jorginho missed that penalty. Yep. I mean, he's the best penalty kicker, penalty kick taker in the world, in my opinion. I that little skip that he does is so impossible if you're a goalkeeper to judge, like. He does that, and immediately you're off your line. Yeah. You, you can't hold up. You're, you're just trying to time it, and you know it's coming, and you still can't hold up. And Pickford held up. Like, it was incredible. He held up and then makes the save off the post, which is even more difficult. Otani's got 10 seconds left here to tie Soto. We're just kind of nervously watching this. Oh, it's gone. So, Oh, boy, did he tie him? Oh, he missed it. Did, did, did Soto win with the upset, baby? 
Yes. Oh, no, it's tied. tied. So, oh my god. So sorry, sorry guys. Back to the. I know really nobody's gonna be listening to soccer anyway. We just want to talk about it because it was huge. But and then Donnarumma makes a great save on Saka. And by the way, I want to make a, a a very very big statement to anybody in England and any fans of England that might be listening. The fact that you you were behind your team the entire way throughout the tourney, and then you go on Twitter and you you make racist remarks to the young Rashford, the young Jaden Sancho, and the nineteen. You mean defacing? Saka. You you mean defacing, defacing the mural? That happened today. Defacing yeah, that Rashford's was mural. Terrible. Fuck all of you. Fuck every single fan of England that went out there and made racist comments to those guys because they might have had an easy road to the finals, but you can't stick by your team, chant all all tournament that, oh, football is coming home, football is coming home, and that you have the best team in the world, and then the second you have young guys in a pressure situation in the biggest stage other than the World Cup in the international level, and you're going to make racist remarks about three young guys, you have the best up-and-coming team, and you're, you're going to do that and make your guys feel like shit and... And good job to Boris Johnson, the England uh, Prime Minister. Is that what it I is? I don't know. So, what, but he, listen, English yeah, politics not really yeah, my I strong really suit. Follow, but good on him to say, look, guys, that's fucked. Don't do that because it's just like this was a great run by our guys. Like Rashford, Sancho, Saka, good on them. Like They might have missed it, but to be able to step up in that situation and say, hey, me, Rashford is the oldest at 23. Say, hey, I'm 23 year old, years old. I'm going to be taking this PK. And whether I miss it or I make it, I'm still standing up here while the rest of my team is behind me because they weren't. Rashford's the, was Sancho the one that hit it off the post? Or was Rashford. That was bad. I mean, that was really bad. You just bad. thought about it too much. I, that he, wasn't he even thinking the, about it too much. That was like you just. He went the right way. I mean, the keeper was on the. No, he the keeper was on the ground before he took the well, yeah, shot. He went the I right mean, way is what I'm saying. Just, he just kind of. It was awful. It, too much. it was that. That's that's one of those ones where it's like. The the moment got way too big for you. Yeah, and he's twenty three years old. Oh, I understand that. And listen, as soon as we saw who was taking the last three kicks, I'm like, well, why would you have your youngest players take them? Yeah, that is so much pressure for kids that have never been in that situation before. You have the entire country watching and in that stadium, and you're gonna put those guys in that situation like just bad management right there. And also. The checking guys in thing with a minute to go in the game it's just for dumb. penalty. Dumb. It's it's like when you're playing basketball and you're checking a guy in for the last defensive possession and he hasn't played all game and it's like, oh, he's a defensive stopper. And it's like, yeah, but he hasn't played all game. Like, he's not ready for this yeah. moment. You don't ever do that. It's it's the worst thing you could ever do. I think if there's a guy on England that has a A-plus rating for me, it's Saka. I don't care that you miss that PK or you get that PK saved. At the age of 19 years old, you never played for your club before this Euros, and you dominated when you needed to. It's an A-plus rating for me. Um, I mean, that's all I have to say. The main stressor that I had was just the England fans being absolute just racist assholes to those three young guys. was just fucking ridiculous. And I mean, I'm sorry for the language I've had, but that's just oh, that was utter uh, completely bullshit. And I mean, <laughs> I don't want to laugh about a really shitty and racist situation, but like the coach really set it up to have yeah. that happen. Like to have three young African American, well, not African American kids, but three young Black English kids to take those penalties and be in the situation where racist comments are going to be made about it like yeah there was Jesus a guy I, I saw a tiktok before the game had even started and the guy's like look if if sterling fucks this up for your country 
And he was being 100% serious. Like, he said, no jokes. Like, if you're English, if you're black and English and you're in a pub watching these games and Sterling fucks it up for you for England, you'd be, like, I would be ready for the racist comments because it's just how England fans are. That's why the Premier League has been pushing so hard for the anti-racist stuff. And good on them for doing so because the fact that black soccer players in Europe, and not even just in Europe, I would say all over the world, but mainly Europe, you see it, are getting banana peels thrown at them, water bottles thrown at them, yeah, all it's this just stuff. Unacceptable. Just, completely it's just unacceptable. Absolute bullshit. We complain about the issues here. Like yeah, it's, the athletes it's deal with it's the like what athletes deal with here is not nearly as bad as what black athletes deal with in Europe. Just, it is, yeah, it's you know it's you, you could talk crazy. about police brutality and all that. That's a different story. But what athletes have to deal with over there is ridiculous. Yeah. It's completely unacceptable. Just shame on England as a yeah. whole. Like, I mean, to deface what is he, nineteen? Rashford is 23. Rashford's 23. To deface a 23-year-old's mural. And the mural was about him giving back yeah, to Yeah, that's like, disgusting. Kids. Absolutely disgusting it's, what it's happened It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I'm props more to Italy for winning that because England just does not deserve that. I mean, that's all I have to say. They didn't deserve it anyways. Yeah. Screw England. So we don't have a ranking this week. We just... I mean, Garrett and Tamara are getting married this, this weekend, so we're trying to keep the editing down low and that like the the length of this podcast low for Tamara but I do have a question sure all right before you get into that who got man of the match for that last game for that game I don't know because to me it's Bonucci oh yeah I agree. I mean Barry's the penalty was super important defensively you know and scored the goal to tie it oh my god is this gonna go to double OT in this Oh, that's oh, gone. That's gone. No, it's off the fence. That's gone. Oh! It's off the fence. Double OT for Soto and Otani. Oh my God. Um, I, I feel like Benucci was incredible, and I'm so happy for him and Chiellini to get another title. To well, were they were they on the Chiellini was on the 06 team that won the World Cup, but I don't think that Benucci was. I don't remember it, but I mean, no, I would just say to to not qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah, to winning the Euro. What do they have a fifth or 33 consecutive? win streak for Italy I mean that's yeah. just incredible I um, only wish the United States could put yeah. together 10 straight wins my god yeah but hey gold cup we got this here we come we got this so my question to you is and I feel like this is easier for you than it is for me because I have mine I think what is your Celtics Mount Rushmore oh my Celtics Mount Rushmore so you have Larry Bird on there you have to yes all right, so wh- what position can I classify Larry Bird as? I always thought he was a small forward. Okay, so you want me to put him in small forward then? No, I'm not saying you have to go by position. Your four, your four. Oh, my four. Oh, not Mount my Rushmore. top five. Your you Mount want, Rushmore. Okay, my Mount Rushmore. Well, I mean, it's Russell, it's Bird, and then those last two spots are the hard parts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew those two were Yeah, you know, it's difficult because... I don't think McHale's on there as great as I think Kevin McHale is. I don't think it's him. As much as I'd love to put Paul Pierce or KG up there, I don't think it's them either. I agree. I think you have to go back to the 60s teams. I think John Havlicek is definitely the third player on there. And, you know, it really comes down to, do you like Sam Jones? Do you like Bob Cousy? Um... I mean, you know, that's tough. What is this? Is this like you get one swing? Oh, you get three swings. Okay, that's that's crazy. 
man, I guess I would go Kuzi, Havlicek, Bird, and Russell. Okay. And I think in that order, as far as fourth, four to one. Okay. I would go. You have I mean, Russell one? I have Russell one. Okay. Yes. I mean, I, I've always, I, I think Russell's a top five all time player. I, I don't even think it's close. I love Larry Bird, but I mean, Bill Russell is incredible. Yeah. He's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be Kuzi at four, Havlicek at three, Bird at two, and Russell at one. And I think, I think we're seeing. Tatum's gonna have a chance. Soto's what the hell just happened there? He just threw behind him, (laughs) (laughs) and he's acting like Soto's gonna come get him. That was great. Um, I think Tatum has a real chance. You asked me this a while ago. What would it take to become like the greatest Celtic of all time? I don't think that's gonna happen. No, he's not passing Russell to a Mount Rushmore of the Celtics, i.e., top five or top four, I should say. Maybe not even top four. It could just be the four most important players in Celtics history. Yeah, and it's hard because the Celtics have such a. a I mean, a if you're talking like important players in history, I mean, Jesus, yeah, it's it's so deep that it's so hard. I mean, Sam Jones belongs on there. KC Jones, yeah. any of those guys from the '65 team. It's. I mean, it's the lavish, just amazing career of the Boston Celtics yeah, organization. I mean, you know, the amount of players that they've had. That makes it difficult, and then to me, when you when you bring the question over to me with the the Sonics and the Thunder, because the Thunder haven't been along long, around long enough for me to really make a legitimate Mount Rushmore of just the Thunder. Well, I mean, the Thunder is pretty easy. Well, if you're doing just Thunder players all time, that's a pretty easy one. Yeah. So I'm doing Sonics and Thunder. I still think this is pretty easy. I mean, I, I don't think it's a hard debate because we kind of oh, know Gary Payton. Is number yeah, one. Gary Payton's on there. Um, I'm gonna put Kevin Durant two. I'm gonna have Fred Brown three. Okay, he's the all-time leading yep. point scorer for yep. the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is where it gets tough. Wait, wait, for the Oklahoma City Thunder or the SuperSonics? I okay, should say. I was Sorry. like, wait a minute, no, it's not. <laughs> it's the it's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, four is where it gets tough because I'm a little biased. I love Russell Westbrook. No, I'm not letting you put Russell Westbrook up there. I'm but, not letting it happen. But there is a guy. And, oh, Otani is out. Yes, sir. Goodbye, Andrew. I picked Juan Soto <laughs> to win this thing. He outlasts the favorite. Yes, sir. There is a guy that has played for the Celtics and has also played for the, the Supersonics and also played for the Miami Heat that I have to squeeze in over Russell Westbrook. And that guy's name is... Ray Allen. I mean, listen, there's a couple other guys you could put up there. I mean, Serge Ibaka can go up there. You could put Detlef Schrempf. You you could put yeah. Sean Kemp. I mean, the team from the 70s. Dale Ellis. There's, yeah, Jack Dale Sigma. Ellis. Sigma especially. I think Sigma has a real case. Like, you know, there, there's some players. But there are the belong. four. But I think the, the four that I named are a step above the rest. Like, I, I mean, Gary Payton and Kevin Durant are just – Kevin Durant's career on the Thunder was incredible. Same thing. I mean, Ray Allen's wasn't as incredible, but still fucking Ray Allen. And then Fred Brown is the all-time points leader of the Supersonic slash Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, so I mean, it wasn't as difficult as I thought. But there are like, looking, remembering back, there are a lot of big names that could go on that list. I mean, not as many as the Celtics have, but I mean, still a lot of very big names. I mean, I, I, I mean we we did Boston. Give me your Lakers, Rushmore. Oh. Give it to me before we go here. I don't know. I mean, magic. 
Yeah, Magic's one for me. Oh, boy. I mean, Kobe's got to be on there. Okay. I think Shaq's got to be on there. And then I think it's it's where do you where do you have Kareem, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, See, see here's Baylor. the thing. Here's like, the thing. To me, Shaq's not on there. Oh, really? Even with the three titles, like I think I look at Magic, Kobe, Kareem, Jerry West. Yeah. I, I think that what Jerry West meant to the league and what he meant as a Laker. Like Shaq had such a small run there and, and I mean it was incredible. You know, it's such a historic run. But I mean, I think Jerry West is on the could go as like an NBA Mount well, Rushmore. Well, no, he's not on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, but I mean logo. you're looking at Jerry West, you're talking about a top ten all time player. Or a top eleven all time player. Yeah. You know, he's he's up there. It has to be. That you can't not have him. He's one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. Like but I, I would put Jerry West over Shaq, and I would put Kareem on there as well. I, I can't not have Jerry West there. I just have to. Like he, he was so important to that city, and I can't have Jerry. If, if I'm gonna have Shaq on there, then like Wilt falls into place, yeah. and I, I can't have Wilt there. Like as, as great as I think Wilt was, he's just not. And you know, Shaq had a couple bad seasons with the Lakers. He got fat and he got old and. Didn't take care of his body. Like he could have been greater. Yeah. So, and I mean, I was gonna say, what's your what's your Mount Rushmore of the N- NBA as a whole? But I mean, oh, that's easy. Boy, I I think that's kind of easy. Well, what's how easy is it? I mean, and you got MJ. Okay, I mean, you know, I, you have to put LeBron. Yeah, on LeBron's. There. I have him third all time. Will has to be on. There. I disagree. Really? Yeah, it's not Will. I, as much as I love Will, it's not Will. Okay, so I want to save this. Like. I want to save our... I mean, we open it up. Just give me your four. I, I Just have give me your four. And... I don't know. I'd have to think about the fourth. Who slides into that number four role for me? For me, it's Russell in that the four. That really changed... I have I have MJ. I've got Magic at two. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like okay, it. If you say Kobe Bryant, no, I'm coming over but and I, slapping I think you. the amount that he's changed the game... And the amount that he has dominated in, in his his craft, I'm not gonna say it's a definite, but I think Steph Curry has no. an argument nope. to be on there. Nope, nope, nope. I think it's just. Can the you way win a Finals MVP for me? I think it's just. Can the you way win a Finals MVP? Listen, he changed the game, but a lot of guys in the top ten changed the game. I understand. No, and that's why it was tough because I wanted to put Larry Bird. I just love Larry, Larry Bird. But I don't oh think he my falls god! In there. I love Larry too. But. I think it's I. So will. MJ and LeBron are definite on mine. Yeah. I have I have Magic one. I have or I'm sorry. I have Michael one. I have Magic two. I have LeBron three, and I have Bill Russell. So you're four. going straight your all time rankings. That is my all time top four ranking. I have not changed that in the last three years, four years. Okay. I, you know, LeBron to me is greater than Bill Russell. I I, th- I think he is. He's not better than Magic and Michael though. Those two guys were incredible. That that I mean. Michael's the greatest thing we've ever seen. It's not even close. And Magic did things that nobody's ever seen. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, We will do some all-time rankings. That will be coming up. Those matter to me. I I have my list. I have my top 40, like, written down. That's a thing. I don't know when this article was posted, but a while back, somebody made a Mount Rushmore. 
and it was Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Bill Russell. I just disagree with the Larry thing. I mean, this Larry was, this was, was great, a while but, ago. Yeah, I mean, Larry so, was great, but, you know. I, the picture I'm seeing is MJ, LeBron, Kareem, and Kobe Bryant. Oh, God, get the fuck out of here with that shit. But, all right. Enough with the Kobe I want to push this stuff to a, a, yeah, later, because a we're, later episode. We're, um, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one out there. I'm going to tease it a little bit. We are going to be doing the most overrated athletes in history ranking. That is not going to be next week. It's going to be in the future. We're going to take some time to really put the arguments together because I think that we overrate athletes a lot, and we're going to do that. I agree. But, I mean, look forward to the next coming episodes. Look forward to the fantasy fantasy podcast we have coming out probably either next week or the week after because that's coming up very soon. I hope you guys enjoyed this week, and we will see you guys next week.